Welcome to the final episode of our 2023 series of Human Rights Live with your host, Epifani Mukasano. This episode, titled Exercising the Right to Belong, focuses on the rights of children born of refugee parents and raised in South Africa. In this podcast, we explore the right to nationality and how this right applies to these children. Nationality is critical because it establishes a bond between an individual and their country. Without a nationality, a person is stateless, belonging nowhere in the world, making all other human rights impossible to access. Under international law, particularly the Convention on the Rights of the Child and the African Charter on the Rights and Welfare of the Child, every child has the right to a nationality from birth. In South Africa, the Bill of Rights and the Children's Act explicitly recognize this right. However, children born in South Africa of refugee parents live in limbo, uncertain of their identity. These children can only legally apply for naturalization when they reach the age of 18. In this final episode, we acknowledge the positive developments in this regard as well as the challenges these children face in accessing South African citizenship, despite being eligible for nationality, according to South African law. We advocate that these challenges must be resolved by the Department of Home Affairs forthwith, or immediately to bring justice to these children. This is the story of three young people in their 20s, born and raised in South Africa, with no place to call home. Even after they turned 18 and being eligible to apply for South African citizenship, multiple barriers inhibited their progress. This podcast explores their experiences to access the right to belong in South Africa. We decided to invite a young guest narrator for this topic. Allow me to introduce you to Vanessa. Hello, Epifani. Hello, everyone. Thank you for inviting me to be part of this important topic. We were talking about the effect of statelessness on young people's lives, Epi, and you explained that children of refugees are not given the regular South African birth certificate, but rather a handwritten document. This problem seems to be an enormous barrier from the start. Albert, who was born here, told us a little about it. So uh, at first it was tough, honestly, because... You're going to schools and they're asking for your documentation and you're bringing this and they will even tell you like there is no ID number and there is nothing that we can do about it. And even hospitals, they will tell you that we can't even write you down as South African. We know that you were born here, but we can't write you down as South African because you have underbridge handwritten documentation. And for me, that actually played a big role because I couldn't do certain things because I'm not South African. That is the voice of Mohamed Albert Ngoi. He is one of the many over-18s in South Africa who has endured this problem of statelessness and identity crisis as he grew up. His parents came to South Africa to seek asylum from the Democratic Republic of Congo, but he has never known his parents' country. In practice, he has been without nationality since birth because he is not considered South African, nor is he Congolese. It feels like he is in limbo, stateless, and of uncertain identity. Albert is not alone. 
there are many other young people who share the same experience. We are with Najib, whose parents, from Somalia, sought asylum in South Africa in 1995. He and his sister were born at Somerset Hospital in Cape Town. We were given a birth certificate that was quite different to everyone else. We noticed some differences such as the handwriting when others were printed. And we found out from our parents initially when they gave it to us. And we asked them questions. We felt alienated to the rest of the South African children born in South Africa. And at the time, we didn't really have a full understanding, but eventually our parents told us that no, we are refugees, so we, you were given these birth certificates. Najib and his sister had to ask their parents questions to find out why their birth certificates were different from their South African peers. The explanation was that they had inherited refugeehood, despite being born in South Africa. All children have the right to nationality from birth, according to international law. However, few countries in the world allow this. In Africa, for example, at the end of 2014, only three countries, Lesotho, Chad and Tanzania, applied the rule of soil, whereby children born on their territory automatically became its citizens. Currently in South Africa, only children born of South African parents or those born of permanent residents acquire South African citizenship at birth. Those children receive unabridged printed birth certificates and their details are entered into the National Population Register. All other children born of foreign nationals in South Africa get unabridged handwritten birth certificates. And these handwritten birth certificates are sometimes looked upon with suspicion by schools, banks, and other institutions. Many of the challenges experienced by children born in South Africa of refugee parents arise because their refugee status is assumed to be temporary. But the reality is that many refugees have to spend decades in exile as the conflicts in their countries of origin are ongoing. As Najib explains, Obviously, everyone knows about the well-documented uh, Somali civil war that began in 1991. My parents arrived in South Africa in 1995, and their first, their first child was born in 1997. A child born in 1997 is now 26 years old. This young person has never been to Somalia and knows little about the country. Yet, in South Africa, they are regarded as Somalis because here, children are seen to inherit their parents' nationality. Nationality attributed to these children is theoretical. In practice, these children are not conferred their parents' nationality because they were not born and registered in their parents' country of origin. And what's more, refugee parents are prohibited from approaching their respective embassies to register their children. For such children born here, South Africa is the only home they know. A birth certificate is a critical document when it comes to a child's protection. It proves the age of the child and thus protects them, among other things, from child exploitation, early marriage and underage military conscription. South Africa requires that births must be registered within 30 days and late registration is a lengthy and costly process. It is often the mother who registers her baby, 
And if she is undocumented, she is unable to register her baby's birth. Handwritten birth certificates serve only the purpose of having the child legally joined to the family through the primary applicant's documentation. This is often the father. Family joining is another critical step that asylum seekers and refugees have to undertake to get their children properly documented. In Sindusa's case, this process is underway. They are planning to do a family joining next month for the whole family. Sundusa was born in South Africa of Somali parents, speaking about her parents' plan to do family joining at the Department of Home Affairs. Copies of birth certificates and other documentation that proves the identity and relationship of the person being joined is required. The process is tedious and the waiting list is long. This leaves many people temporarily undocumented and vulnerable to xenophobic violence, exploitation, arrest, and detention. Even with an asylum seeker visa or a refugee status certificate, children born in South Africa of foreign nationals face several restrictions and lost opportunities because they do not have a South African ID. I matriculated in 2016, and in the following year, in 2017, I intended to take a gap year so that I could help my parents just contribute to the household. And within that year, I found some difficulties trying to find employment, trying to join the uh, labor uh, market. And it is uh, something that uh, was a a shock to me, but uh, I had to get used to it very quickly. Initially, when I tried to apply for a job, I found many jobs that are asking for a South African ID. I did not have a South African ID at the time, and so I had to simply let the potential employer know that I did not have the document. So it was difficult finding a job because that is one of the main requirements for gaining employment. I eventually found employment at a call center and it taught me a lot about how one should manage their assets and their money. And it was a very eye-opening experience working with people, working for an employer. And it was a humble beginning for me. While working at the call center, Najib also applied to pursue his studies at university. Eventually, I enrolled at the Cape Peninsula University of Technology for the course of ICT applications development. And I began in 2020, which is the year in which the pandemic began, which was difficult and it was uh, difficult to integrate. And another point I would uh, say is that I was in the sector of the international students, even though I was born in this country because I did not have a South African ID when applying. That all sounds so difficult, Najib, but at least you got some work experience and managed to enroll at university. But you were treated as an international student, although you were born in South Africa. And international fees are so much higher. Wow. It's sad to hear about the many challenges Sundusa, Najib, and Albert faced because of their uncertain legal status. But these young people seem to be determined and focused on their futures. So listen till the end of the podcast to hear how they plan to fulfill their dreams. But before that, let's talk about their efforts to apply for South African citizenship after turning 18. To find out more about the law and its implementation, let's listen to Monique Skuman. 
an advocate of the High Court of South Africa. She has been working at the Refugee Rights Unit, University of Cape Town, since 2011, as head of strategic litigation. She speaks about the newly implemented regulations that affect 18-year-olds born in South Africa. Well, the Citizenship Act in terms of Section 4.3 allows um, a child who's born of foreign national parents and the birth has been registered in terms of the South African Birth and Death Registration Act to apply for citizenship if they were born here and have reached the age of 18. There's been a long delay within the department who actually wanted to not accept these applications. So yes, we committed ourselves at World Refugee Day in 2019 to be able to continue to help make these applications. So there has been ongoing meetings, and I think in particular November 2019, a meeting was called where the department indicated that they will be receiving these applications. So in the beginning of 2020, we were very positive that applications will definitely be accepted. We have seen a number of clients who also made a number of submissions. And then I think in 2020, these applications was put on hold. And the local Department of Home Affairs, again, did not want to accept these applications. There were some internal confusions as to how what was happening. And simultaneously, there was a challenge that was brought by the department to actually petition to the Constitutional Court to appeal the matter. I can say end of February 2020, the Constitutional Court dismiss the appeal on this case, meaning that the department was supposed to accept, process and finalize these applications. A few applications were shortly after that submitted by the department and by the end of 20, uh, March 2020, we now had the new challenge of the global pandemic and everyone went into hard lockdown. So this suspended the citizenship applications again in terms of submitting and finalizing those that has already been submitted. So in um, around about October 2021, we were informed they're going to start processing the applications that they have already received prior to COVID, but they were not accepting any new applications. So that led until February 2022, when the Department of Home Affairs issued the last directive whereby they indicated that they were going to accept new applications for citizenships. In summary, even though this amended citizenship law came into force in 2013, implementation remained problematic. For almost a decade, the Department of Home Affairs failed to provide regulations enforcing the law. Therefore, no application forms were available. This involved litigation. In 2020, COVID-19 complicated matters further. Sundusa was affected by this. She relates her Pulitzer Post journey to apply for South African citizenship. 
The process was very long. I've been waiting since I was grade eight. Um, and I got it in 2023 after I matriculated in 2022. So the journey started from 2018. I went to Caledon Home Affairs. I was trying to get it. It was tough for me to get it there. They, they told me one of my parents have to have it. Then I went to UCT. UCT told me that none of that is true. You, you were born in the country and you deserve to get in citizenship within South Africa. Then they helped me through collecting my school reports, collecting other proofs that I've never left the country. Also other documents that show I, I've been within the country for all this time. So I collected all those documents, gave it to UCT. Then they helped me make a file of all of that. I took the file, submitted at uh, Cape Town Home Affairs. So I've, I've also had uh, some struggles there at Cape Town Home Affairs. Then eventually I went back to UCT. UCT said they will submit it themselves to that side. Then finally, when they accepted it, I submitted in. Then I got a cert- certification that I can get a document that says that I'm allowed to get the citizenship in South Africa. Then after I collected that, I went to Belleville Home Affairs because Cape Town told me to do it in Belleville. Then I submitted. So finally, after 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, it's been four years that I'm waiting for my citizenship. In different ways, Najib and Albert experienced similar hardships to be granted South African citizenship. They sound happy about this achievement and have high hopes for their futures. My life will change miraculously, honestly, because uh, I'm currently being awaited in Germany, Berlin, at the university over there that I applied for and I just needed a passport to actually travel because my results and everything was accepted. So uh, as soon as I get there, I'll be studying physiotherapy that I've been wanting to do from a young age. So yeah, I must say it's kind of an excitement and dream come true. That is from Albert. Let's hear what Najib has to say after an eight year long wait. With a document in hand after the the long wait and the long process, it was a, a a huge sigh of relief. It was a, a huge uh, weight of my so- of my shoulders and the nervousness and the anticipation of would I get this? It, it finally went away. So with the document, I can finally uh, try to apply for more for more bursaries because many and the biggest of which, which is NASFAS, you have to have a African ID to apply. And with this, hopefully gaining this bursary, I'll be able to further my studies and complete my studies and eventually enter the, the work labor market. Sundusa tells us about her plans too. So now since I have my citizenship, if there's a possibility I can go visit my family members. She is referring to members of her extended family living in Somalia. She adds... Because mm. although I was born in the country, uh, it was not possible for me to get a document that I can go out of the country because the only paper that I had, it was an unbridged document that I, I cannot 
left the country. Monique Skuman was also excited about these developments. I must commend the department uh, regarding the accepting of these applications. We've had numerous clients report back to us to say that it was the swiftest application that anyone can ever make at the department, whereas you can basically walk in, submit your application, and 10 to 15 minutes later, you're out of the office. And I can say at around about the beginning of May this year, um, and we have been sending clients to go follow up, we've had all of them reporting back with positive outcomes, Um, These are kids who are very enthusiastic, very overwhelmed, very happy to say that they are moving forward to the next level of becoming a citizen. It's very overwhelming and it's a very good experience just to see the reactions on their faces as to what it means to them as to become a citizen of South Africa. So that in itself, it warms my heart and it makes it worthwhile. Like I've said, there has been one client who actually received her ID. She is able to study right now. She can apply for universities. There's no limitation as to previously when you are a recognized refugee. It opens so much doors for them in terms of applying for bursaries and studies. And these are children who has done exceptionally well at schools and whose eager and hunger to further their education. This is truly the most positive outcome we have heard about in a long time. And Monique's enthusiasm is infectious. So it, it, it's a good sense for them where they know Now I don't have to struggle finding my dream of whatever it is I want to become can become a reality. It makes that dream so much easier because it opens doors for me. I've seen parents being so enthusiastic, so grateful to see how their children are happy because they know in school they've always had struggles. Mm. And they always tend to find comfort in their books and the fact that they could excel. It is a big, big, big thing and it's very meaningful to them. So I am fully aware that it has a huge impact on the new generation. And definitely once they have reached their goals and dreams, they are definitely willing to give back to society as a whole. Thank you for sharing that with us, Monique. I am sure it gives hope to many young people in South Africa. Epifani, let me hand the story back to you. Thank you, Vanessa. We have just heard the voices of youth who are excited about getting South African citizenship after many years of living in limbo. Born, raised and schooled here, South Africa is their home. We have heard how refugee parents must register their child's birth. To do this, parents must have valid refugee status. After a child's birth registration, family joining is required for the child to be documented with their parents. After they turn 18, 
Children born in South Africa have the right to apply for naturalization to become South African citizens. Importantly, this points to the fact that the Department of Home Affairs officials should be fully trained in all matters relating to children born of refugee parents, including refugee family joining and developments in citizenship laws and regulations. We trust that the positive developments addressed in this podcast will remain in force in years to come. It is also clear that children born in South Africa of refugee parents must be treated humanely and with compassion. They have a lot to contribute to South African society. This podcast, Exercising the Right to Belong, concludes the 2023 series. Thank you for listening to our four podcasts. Our key message to everyone who has listened is know your rights, claim your rights, and defend your rights. We thank the dedicated professionals who have generously given of their time to contribute to this four-part series. We thank the asylum seekers and refugees who have shared their stories that bring this series to life. We thank the Human Rights Media Center team, Lucy Alexander, Kayla Lindertz, and Monique Pelser. Pifani Mokasano and Shirley Gunn. Lastly, we thank the Rosa Luxemburg Foundation that supports Human Rights Media Center podcast training and this important series. We hope that this relationship continues. Thank you for listening.